Welcome to podcast number 209 of Quality Christian Living. I am your host, David Friend. Today's podcast is entitled Guidelines for Business Partners and Borrowing. We've been talking about setting up a business. We've talked about how business and family and marriage should go together and the order that it should be set up in with placing always God first and our marriage and our family above our business. And so today we're going to get into a new topic having to do with partners and borrowing. So I'm excited about it. I believe the Lord has something very special intended, but let's go to Him first and ask for His guidance and direction as we get into this podcast. Heavenly Father, thank you for who you are. Thank you for your word. Thank you for this podcast. Thank you for those who are listening in today. I pray that you would bless them and that you would anoint this teaching. And I invite the Holy Spirit to come in now and take charge, take control of everything that's said today, everything that's done. And we'd be careful to give you the praise for the great results. Because Lord, although I put a lot of time and effort into getting this podcast ready, it will be of no value unless the Holy Spirit anoints it and blesses it. So I ask for that now and I thank you for it in advance. I give you praise for it. Now, in Jesus' name I pray, amen. You know, when it comes to business, we have to think about partners, we have to think about money and borrowing. So I felt it would be very appropriate at this time to deal with one podcast, dealing with both. We may not get through all of it because I'm not so sure I can get all that in one podcast, but in future podcasts, we'll be talking more about partners and also about borrowing. You see, the vast number of businesses in America have partners and they need to borrow money to operate. I think that's easy to understand. In this podcast, I want to address the good and the bad sides of partnerships. Then I plan to provide help with the benefits and mistakes or errors in borrowing money in business. I believe that there's a scripture that will help us in this, and it's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 31. It's in the New Living Translation, and here's what it says here. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Wow, I guess that answers that. So should you have a partner? Well, whatever we do, whatever we eat or drink or whatever thing that we do, that includes partnerships, whether it's borrowing money or not, we should do it all for the glory of God. So we should ask ourselves, would this partner are borrowing this money bless the kingdom of God and will be done for the glory of God? That depends if you want your business to be a blessing to the kingdom of God, also be a blessing to you and your family. So let's look a little bit closer now at what it is to have partners in business. Now, as a banker, and many of you know that I did that for about 15 years, I loaned money to many business partnerships. As an owner, I ran my business without partners, most of the time, but every once in a while I would set up a partnership and occasionally do business with a partner or partners. Because of this, I pray that the Lord will bless and help me to give a fair account of business with or without partners. I say that cautiously because I've had some terrible experiences and I've had some wonderful experiences. Let me start with God's word on partners in business. Let me read you a couple scriptures here I think that will get this thing started in the right direction. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14, found in the New Living Translation, listen to these words, and I like to apply this to setting up partnerships. Don't team up with those who are unbelievers. How can righteousness be a partner with wickedness? How can light live with darkness? What harmony can there be between Christ and the devil? How can a believer be a partner with an unbeliever? 
And what union can there be between God's temple and the idols? For we are the temple of the living God. Now, that's an interesting scripture. It's pretty strong. It's pretty hard. And it does talk about partnerships. And there's one thing in here I think it's so important to think about. And that is it's really crucial that we'll not be teaming up with unbelievers if that unbeliever is going to impact us. I remember years ago when I had my own business and pastor. And I went to him one day. We were having lunch. And I said, you know, I'm looking at doing a partnership with this fellow. But he doesn't know the Lord. He's not a Christian. He's a good man. He has a good business and he wants to be a partner with me. And I'm a little uncomfortable with it because the Bible says, another translation says this, that don't be unequally yoked together. And so because of that, I felt like, you know, maybe, you know, I was telling him, our pastor that maybe I shouldn't do that. And he said, you know, in this situation, he said, you're not being teamed up with an unbeliever that's going to impact you. He said, I realize that the Bible instructs us and I certainly understand that we're to avoid partnerships with people who will hurt us or affect us or be a negative impact on the church. But he says, I also believe that believers can work with non-believers if the believer is going to make the impact on the non-believer. If the believer is solid in their faith and they're strong and they're not going to compromise their business or they're in a position where they can do business in a positive manner and make a wonderful impact on that non-believer, then I believe the partnership can work okay as long as the goal of the believer is to lead the unbeliever to Jesus Christ. Now, I'll tell you, that was great advice, honestly. And I've given that same advice to other people because I believe with it totally. And I believe what the scripture is telling you here is that we shouldn't mess around in our faith and our beliefs with the things of God and what the Word of God has to say by allowing other groups or other individuals or other religions influence us in a negative way. Because this scripture that I read to you is so important that people misunderstand it many times. They they think that somehow there's no way that we can do business whatever with anybody that's not a Christian. Well, let me ask you this question. Where you buy your groceries, are all the people there Christians? Are all of them believers? Are the people that own the business, the stockholders, are they all are they all Christians, I should say? If, if the case is that they are owning a business, business, the chances are that many of them are not believers. So are you doing business with a company that is filled with unbelievers? Yeah, we all do. But that's not going to impact us. It's not going to be a negative impact on us. So I believe we can do that as long as we influence the other person. Now, I realize that that's kind of a long way of explaining this, but it's so important that we have clarity on that. Let me look at another scripture here dealing with the issues of partnerships and who we can be a partner with and who we should not be a partner with. Proverbs chapter 27 and verse 17 says this, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. Well, that's wonderful. That means that we can then help each other out. If I have a good friend and he's struggling with an alcohol problem, I can help him with that. If I'm struggling with a problem in my marriage, then he can help me with that. We're sharpening each other. We're helping each other. And that's that's something that we can do, quite frankly, whether we're Christians or not. I can help someone who's not a believer, maybe strengthen their marriage or get away from a drug problem or an alcohol problem. So that scripture applies to not only Christians, but non-believers also. Now look at Ecclesiastes chapter 4 and verse 9. This is a really good scripture, and you might think it's saying something contradictory to what I said earlier, but let me read it and then try and explain it. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verse 9 in the New Living Translation. Two people are better off than one. All right, that's good. For they can help each other succeed. If one person fails, the other can reach out and help. But someone who fails alone is in trouble. Well, that's good. There's just good advice that helps you to that. So don't forget though, 
Two people can get together and help each other and be there for each other, but it's important that we understand that we do not become unequally yoked, that we don't do business with people who are now impacting us in our faith, in our honesty, in our character, in our integrity. And if they're doing that to us, then we're violating God's word and we should run from those people. Okay, I think we've handled that enough. Now, I want to move on. I have a suggestion for Christians about partnerships. We must make the Holy Spirit our partner. You know, there was a great pastor in Seoul, Korea. His name was Dr. Cho. He wrote a book with the title, The Holy Spirit, My Senior Partner. Now, with the Holy Spirit as his partner, Dr. Cho built the largest church congregation in the world. The church had over 750,000 members. Now, my wife and I were blessed to be invited to attend a pastor's conference at Dr. Cho's Joe's church in Seoul, Korea. We had dinners with him and our pastor. We just had a great time. Dr. Cho shared with us that everything happens for good because the Holy Spirit directs his work. What he's saying is that as long as the Holy Spirit is in control, then everything's going to turn out just fine. He also said that the Holy Spirit was his business partner. Now, may I suggest that we all invite the Holy Spirit to be our partner in business and in every aspect of our life. Now, if you've never invited the Holy Spirit into your life, that means you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And I just don't feel that I should go any further in this podcast right now unless I make sure that everybody understands when I, what I'm talking about when I refer to the Holy Spirit. So if you've given your life to Christ, then the Holy Spirit has come to dwell inside of you. If you've not given your life to Christ, you've not surrendered and accepted Him as Lord and Savior, then the Holy Spirit is not dwelling in you. So let me pray so that everyone listening today will understand exactly what I mean about inviting the Holy Spirit to be your partner, your senior partner in your business and your partner in life. If you haven't received Jesus, just repeat these words. Say, Father, I'm sorry for the sins I've committed. The Bible says that if I should ask that Jesus would forgive me. So I ask for forgiveness of my sins. I ask you to cleanse me and forgive me. I receive you today as my Lord and Savior. And I promise that I'm going to serve you all the days of my life. Thank you for coming into my life. I give you praise for it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer and meant it earnestly with your whole heart, then Jesus came into your life. Maybe you were a Christian and you hadn't really committed your life to Christ the way you feel you'd like to, then that prayer can also be used as a recommitment of your faith and a recommitment of your walk with God. So since we've done that, now I feel like we can continue talking about the Holy Spirit and what he means. I really would not want to wake up any morning and not know that the Holy Spirit is with me. When I struggle with something, I pray and I say, Lord, help me. Holy Spirit, come into my heart and help Help me in a way. Speak to me in my mind, in my heart, in my thoughts, in my in my eyes as I look out at things. Show me what I should look at, what I should not look at, what I should say and what I should not say. Guide where I should drive and where I should not drive. I believe we should do that. And I believe it so strongly that when we had a business, my wife and I prayed for the Holy Spirit's guidance and direction. We prayed that he would give me favor with people. We prayed that he would help us in, in obtaining deals and help us in, in the, knowing the right direction and how to talk and who to speak to and who not to speak to. When we had our church, we prayed that the Holy Spirit would bring people into the church who are of like mind and of like faith as we were, that we could be together and be partners in the church. And I'm telling you, a partnership with the Holy Spirit is the, is the greatest thing that we can have in our life. Because when we receive Jesus Christ, remember, 
believer, the Holy Spirit comes to dwell inside of us, and then he becomes becomes our partner in everything that we do. So now let's look at business and borrowing. You know, borrowing is an important part of business. Now, you may be surprised at some of my comments. You may think that maybe I've kind of gone off a little bit when it gets to the money issues, but you got to remember that I was a banker who loaned a lot of money to a lot of people. And then I was a real estate development guy who had to borrow a lot of money in order to build houses, in order to buy land, in order to build these homes that people would purchase from me. So I'm a believer that borrowing can be okay, but I'm going to give you some directions on where I believe it's okay and where I also believe that it can be a disaster for you. So let's let's move on into this teaching on the issues of borrowing money. I want to give you a story of a partnership I had with someone. He was a Christian man and he wanted to invest in a situation where we were going to do something together. And so we made this arrangement, it's agreement. We went through our process. We sold the property. And he then, when it came time to pay me my portion, he said, nope, I don't owe it to you. So basically what he did was that he did not pay the part of the funds that he was supposed to pay. Now, I'm not going to say any names or anything, and I'm only using it because I'm over it. I'm fine with it. But I want to tell you how it came out. When the man told me that he would not pay what he owed me, and he admitted that he did, I said, well, I'm going to move on then. I went home, told my wife. I said, I know that we were supposed to make money, and we sold this property, and he kept it all. He refused to give it to me, and then he wanted me to give him more money on something else we had done. So I borrowed the money, and I gave it to him. So what I thought was it's best if I settle disputes quickly, because that's what the Bible says. He's a brother, and I didn't want to get in any dispute with him. He went his way, and I was left with less cash, more borrowed money than what I needed to borrow, but I owned this property that we hadn't sold. So a period of time went by, just a few months went by. Now, this was a property that we tried to sell when he was a partner with me on that, and we couldn't sell it. But right after we settled it, I gave him his money. I basically said, no problem, let's just move on. I know that didn't wasn't proper, but I knew it was the right thing for me to do. What happened was the Lord sent a buyer along, and we sold this property. And when I sold the property, I not only made a profit on that, but I made all the money that I had borrowed back and wound up tripling the amount of money that I made on the next deal, on that deal, because I believe I settled a dispute quickly with another Christian. Now, money can destroy friendships. It can destroy relationships. It can destroy families. And I didn't want any of that to happen. So I moved on and he moved on. And we met maybe a year or so later. And he said, how are you doing? Did everything settle out well? And I told him the story and he said, wow. That's amazing. And he continued to have financial problems. So I only mention that not to belittle anyone because that's not my point, but to let you know when you get into disputes, settle them quickly. When you get into a problem with a believer, especially come to some kind of an agreement. And even I believe if you have to borrow money to solve the problem, just get it settled and move on. And you watch and see if God won't bless you for that. So let's look now at borrowing money that can get us into trouble because I think this is probably the appropriate time to do that. Borrowing is not a sin. I've had people tell me that borrowing is a sin. No, it is not a sin. And I'm going to explain to you when it's not. But it can become sin. It can be something that causes sin. Borrowing can be a sin if we cannot find a way to pay it back or if we cannot afford to pay it back. Examples, you buy a car that's too expensive. You don't. You need a car, but you don't need to they spend that much money on it. The payments are too high and you cannot make the payments because they're just more than your budget will allow. That can cause pressure and problems on your family, on your marriage. If you buy a home and you spend too much money on it and you get into too much debt and you wind up having a house with a payment that's more than you can handle in your budget. So bottom line, borrowing more money than you should borrow for something that you can't afford really is putting yourself in a sinful position. 
and I believe that God will bless us and help us out of it if we repent and get things straightened around. It's not the end of the world, but bottom line, there's a warning that the scripture tells us about borrowing money and being careful about it. It's found in Psalm 37, 21. It says, the wicked borrow and never repay, but the godly are generous givers. What that's saying is that the godly people do things that are in proper order. They don't get themselves overburdened with debt. They don't get more house than they can afford, more car than they can afford, buy more expensive clothes than they can afford, and put themselves into serious debt and suffer all kinds of problems with it. And God will then means that you'll then have the finances to be generous to others. Now, it is not a sin if we lose a job or if we get an illness and that causes us not to be able to make our payments. I'm not saying that. If you get into a situation, a divorce happens or something happens and you've got debt and you can't make the payments, it's certainly not sinful if you get stuck in that situation. Matter of fact, our society has set up a program that if you can't afford to pay your debts, you can file something called a bankruptcy and you can get rid of all that debt, clean it all up and get a fresh new start. Now, I don't encourage bankruptcy, but there are some times when people get into so much debt, businesses and individuals, that they'll never be able to pay it back. And bankruptcy is a way to get out of it. And you suffer for the bankruptcy. Your credit is ruined. It takes years to restore yourself. It's very deflating. And it's something that is very destructive. But it's something that is authorized by our country, you know, by our community and by the laws of our of our states that we live in, that you can do that to get a fresh start. So when you get a fresh start, though, don't go back and do the same things all over again that caused you to get in a position to file a bankruptcy. And once again, I need to say this. If you can't pay your bills because you're sick or you lost a job or there's a divorce or something terrible's happened in your life, that is not sin. But it's only sin if we ignore God and we continue to violate His rules on borrowing money and abusing it and being greedful when we make certain decisions. All right, let me give you another comment about money that's very, very important. Should we or should we not borrow from friends? Well, there's a little statement, a quote that's read. I don't have the author. I didn't. I just ran across this quote somewhere. And it says, before borrowing from a friend, decide which you need the most. Do you need the money the most or you need the friend the most? Because it's very dangerous to borrow from friends because it's one of the first ways that you can lose a friendship. It's really dangerous to borrow from family because it's a way that family can be separated and have all kinds of financial problems. So I would encourage you, if it's possible to only borrow from sources that are not family or not friends. If you get in a situation where you don't have any other choice, then you'll have to pray about it and see if it's the right thing to do. Seek some biblical counsel and see if God gives you the peace to be able to borrow the money to get yourself out of a problem. And when you borrow it, make sure that you make a plan to pay it back. Now, some people say, well, if I borrow $10,000 and I agree to make a $1,000 a month payment, but I can't afford to do that after I agree to do that, what do I do now? Well, here's what I believe. I believe that if I loan someone $10,000, whether they're family or friend, I should be prepared to lose it in the event that they can't pay it back. But then the person who's supposed to pay it back, if they can't afford $1,000 a month, then maybe they can afford $50 a month or $100 a month. And they're willing to pay that to me, then I would be at peace with that. I would not be angry with that because I loaned the money to a friend or a family member. And if all they can do now is $50 a month or $100 a month until it pay it back to me, I would accept that because the Bible tells us not to sue our brother, not to go after our brother. And I don't believe that it's proper for us to sue someone 
someone when we probably shouldn't have loaned the money in the first place. My rule of thumb is this. If I can't afford to lose the money that I'm lending to a friend or a family member, then I should not loan it to them because otherwise it could cause a lot of problems on me. All right, let's move on. Never borrow money quickly. Like, just instantly. Well, I'm going to go borrow some money. I need to go do this. I need to do that. That means if you're borrowing it quickly, you're not doing your due diligence to see why you need to borrow the money. And when you don't do the due diligence to find out why you're borrowing it, and is it really important to borrow it? Do you really have a need that you need to take care of? Then you basically have not set a plan to pay your money back. Now, when you borrow money, there should always be a plan to pay the money back. Obviously, but some people don't have that plan. They just, oh, it'll come in. Somehow it'll come in some way. That's not proper. That's not the proper way to do things, whether you're in business or an individual. As a banker, I always ask my customers to give me their primary plan to pay me back, and I ask them for a secondary source of repayment. Now you say, well, how can you do that? Well, I would ask them in a business, how do you plan to pay me back? They would say, here's what I can do. And of course, I expected them to do what they said they could do. But if they ran into trouble with that first thought of paying me back, they should have a secondary. Maybe a secondary is that they go borrow money from someone else to pay me back, or they they refinance their house to pay me back, or they get extra work to pay me back, but you should have a primary source to repay someone back and a secondary source to pay them back. That way, you'll maintain your good relationship with your family, your friends, and your bank, and it will bless you, it'll bless your family, and it'll bless your business. Here's another thought. What does God's Word say about intentionally skipping out on repaying a loan? Okay, let's look at that. Now, previously, I read Psalm 37, 21, and it says, the wicked borrow and never repay. Now, that's a pretty strong word, wicked, because sometimes you can't repay because of circumstances and whatever. But here's another scripture that helps us when it understands how God looks at the way we handle our finances. When we agree to pay someone back, that we do our best to pay it back. How we borrow money from people with intelligent reasoning and and understanding what we're getting into and how we're going to have the ability to pay that person back. It's found in Luke chapter uh, 16 and verse number 11. Listen to this. These are the words of Jesus. And if you are untrustworthy about worldly wealth, who will trust you with the true riches of heaven? Now that's a huge scripture and I won't have time to explain all that in this podcast. I'll have to pick it up in a future podcast. What Jesus is saying there is that if we are not able to handle our finances properly, either borrowing money or lending money or investing money, then if we're untrustworthy about the money that we have here in the world, then who will trust us with the true riches of heaven? You see, the process that we go through here on earth is a process of preparing us for heaven. And if we constantly get into difficulties and challenges and problems with our our finances and our business, that can affect our character, our integrity, and really our good standing with people. And we don't want to take that into heaven with us, right? So I think it's crucial that we do our best to settle debts quickly. We do our best to settle disputes quickly. We do our best to pay people back, even if it's a smaller amount than what we said we could do, but make a way to get them paid back. Now, if they say in the middle of that, don't worry, I'm going to forgive you of that debt, then receive that grace. There's nothing wrong with that. We can receive that grace. As a matter of fact, helped a lady one time. She was a divorced lady and stuck with all kinds of op- problems and debt and credit card debt that her husband left her with. It was a terrible situation. And she said, I don't know how am I ever going to pay these things off. I just don't have the money, whatever. What should I do? Should I file bankruptcy? I'm not sure. And I said, well, let's take a look at it. Let's see if we can ask for God's favor. Her, they had a business and they started borrowing all the money on credit cards to run the business. She didn't know that he had so many, so much debt. It was really a couple hundred thousand dollars in credit card debt. And that's a fact. And so he, she came to me. She said, what do I do? And I said, well, let's pray and let's see if we can get some favor. I asked her to call all the credit card 
companies and tell them what had happened, that she was divorced, the business went under, and she had all these debts and all these obligations. And would they give her forgiveness of her debts? Now, some of you might think, yeah, right, that chance you had with that. Well, no, just a second. You have not because you ask not. She went to something like 30 different credit card companies and half of them, 15 of those or 16, it was something like that. Of those people, those credit card people said, look, I, we understand. We know that you can't pay it. We don't want you to file bankruptcy. We will forgive your debt. And two thirds of the debt that she had was forgiven by these credit card companies. They just said, don't worry about it. It's not, we're not going to hurt your credit. We're just going to forgive the debt and let it go. Some of them, the other ones gave her lower interest rates so that she could afford to make the payments. And so she was able to readjust her budget and was able to take care of the rest of the debt by adjusting her finances. Didn't have to file bankruptcy because God intervened for her. Why? Why did he intervene? Because because she wanted to do what was right. She knew it was not the bank's or credit card's problem that she had the debt. It was her problem that she wound up with, something that wasn't her fault, but it became her problem, and she settled it properly. She got counsel, and she made the decision to just trust God, and she prayed for God's favor, and God gave her favor. And I would encourage you to do the same thing. If you're in a situation where you're in a struggle or a challenge right now, just ask for God's favor when it comes to dealing with an obligation in your home, in your family, or in your business. Now, I can't leave this talk about borrowing and money without giving you some good reasons for borrowing. Matter of fact, here's some good good things and reasons that we borrow. We need to have a car to go to work. We need to borrow money to get that. But make sure that you pay enough for the car to not get you in trouble, but buy what you need to meet the need. You don't need to buy a $100,000 sports car to get back and forth to work. You might be able to buy a car for $10,000 or less and borrow that money and still be able to get to work. We need to borrow money and it's a good can be a good loan when we buy a home in order to have a place to raise our family. It must, though, the home that you buy must fit in your budget. So borrowing money can be good. And by the way, you know, when you borrow money on a house, let's say you buy a house, you buy a home for what, $400,000. Let's say that's the number. And you figure out a way to live there for 10 years. There's a really good chance if you have a loan on it for maybe $350,000, there's a good chance in 10 years or less that you'll have equity in that home. And so that home became a good investment in it became a good decision, a good debt, a loan that was really good for you. Now, some people say, well, there's no such thing as good debt. Well, there is good debt because good debt can bless and help people and help you. Let me give an example of good debt. When a church borrows money to complete its church and help the homeless and help the poor and lead people to Jesus, and their budget is such that they can afford to make the payments, and then they get their church congregation to eventually get it paid off, that was a good loan, and there was nothing wrong with that debt. We can borrow money to build a hospital. It happens all the time. Money is borrowed all over this country to do good things. Money is also borrowed to do bad things, but I want to end with the good stuff. We want to make sure when we borrow money, it's for a good purpose and that can make a good loan. I'll be talking more in future podcasts about borrowing and about family and about friends and things of that such. So in upcoming podcasts, I'll discuss borrowing money in business in more detail and give some suggestions on when it's good, when it's bad, and how to get out of debt. Matter of fact, I've written an entire book entitled Experience the Joy of Debt-Free Living. So you know that I'm a believer that we need to eventually get out of debt. But there is a time in our life when we can have debt and it may not be and should not be a detriment to our finances, to our family, and to our business. 
I just want to tell you what my next podcast is going to be about. As a matter of fact, I'm going to do two of them back to back. And this is podcast number 209. So number 210 is going to be dealing with how to keep business from failing. And 2011 will be why businesses succeed. So I'm going to give you a plan to avoid failure and then another podcast on how to make a business succeed and be successful. So I'm excited about those and I hope that you'll listen in to those upcoming podcasts. Well, I hope this has been a blessing for you. let me just pray and close this out. Heavenly Father, thank you for those who are listening in. I pray blessings on them. I'll pray the business people will understand the reasoning for borrowing, the reason for partnerships, and when it's good and when it's bad. And I pray that you would bless them and help them from it, Father. I just pray a hedge protection around them that they'll make right decisions, good decisions, and use your word, Father, as a basis for understanding the decisions that they make. And I'll thank you for that in advance. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you'd like to know more about Quality Christian Living and the podcast that we do, you can go to my web page at davidcfriendauthor.com. And when you get there, my cover page will come up and it'll show you a link to all the podcasts that we've done. So if you're interested in the teaching I've had here on business, you can go back and listen to the last couple of ones we've talked about on how to start a business and that type of thing. In addition to that, if you have other interests in the areas of finance, I have podcasts on how to get out of debt, what generosity is all about. There's a series of podcasts on prosperity, spiritual prosperity and financial prosperity. We did a series on faith, on miracles, Healing uh, issues dealing with the Holy Spirit. I mean, there's just a huge list of them. There's two, over 200 of them. So I hope that those be a blessing to you. In addition to that, on my webpage, you can also scroll down and see the books that I've written that are available to you dealing with the subjects of finance, faith, and prosperity. So I think that they'll be a blessing to you. If you would like to subscribe to my podcast, you can do that by going to cpnshows.com or wherever you listen to your podcast. So I'm excited about this series on business. I have quite a few years in business. Matter of fact, we had our own business for about 20 years. I financed other businesses for about 15 years in the banking industry. And the Lord has helped me to be able to help a lot of people over a lot of years. So I hope these are a blessing to you. I look forward to the upcoming podcasts on business. And I just pray that they'll bless you in the way that you need. And I pray for blessings upon your business. Now with that, I just need to close with these words. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. May you prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers. So until next time, may God richly bless you. I encourage you to let your friends and family people know that we're doing a series on businesses. We're going to, we have quite a few topics yet. I've got over 30 topics dealing with business and I believe they'll be a blessing to you. So I just pray that you'll listen in from time to time when you're able and if not, go to my webpage and you can always listen to them through the link on my webpage. So thank you once again for listening in. May God richly bless you in all that you do and may your business prosper. And if you don't have one and that's the dream of your heart, I pray that your dreams will come true. Thank you once again for listening in.